kiss. But yeah, it's ridiculous. And this kind of brings me up to a little tangent a bit. So there are certain tools that every like core subject teacher knows. Like I'm sure all the social studies slash history teachers have their own. So like for the math teachers, there is this one website that we all are aware of. It's called Mathway is a way for you to type in your equation and then it will give you the answer or it'll give you a series of steps. We had to block. I had to block it from my school because I had my principal help me do it because at the beginning of the year, my students were using it to get the answers. But they were no steps involved, so they were getting like 50 automatic 50 percent on the test because I told my students, I'm like, if I don't see no steps, yeah, I know you, you know, can do it in your head. I need you to do it on paper. And I that's what you can do it on your head. That's fine. I need you to do it on paper. And I wish for us, it's Quizlet. Try to tell it. Quizlet is a godsend. <laughs> it it is can be. If you create it. If you yes. create it, that's fine. And that's why I was telling these kids. are like, I'm just going to get on Quizlet later. And I'm like, you don't know who created that document or that uh, flashcard series. So you don't know if they got right. Dude, I will tell you all right now. I knew of professors, teachers that would go in there, their test on Quizlet or their quiz on Quizlet and purposely put answers in. And they're like, that's dirty. And I'm like, see, you don't know where it's coming. If you're creating it, it's fine. Because you are just using it to, it's it's creating flashcards, which I am all for. Problem is, they want all the results with none of the work. Like I said, they're the smartest dumb people we'll ever meet. It is so baffling, and I'm just like, they find a way to work around the system. But see, I don't want to say I wish my cohort one was that smart, but I'm just like, the retention, <laughs> the retention frustrates me. And so I'm just like, okay, do I put these kids on blast? Yes, I can. But they already know this, so they even agree with it. So I know when I started where I'm at now, because it's a new site for me, I knew going into this year, because of everything that's happened the last two years, there was going to be some disconnect when it came to certain skills, and I was prepared for that. What I wasn't anticipating and I need what frustrated me because it put me behind three weeks of stuff that I needed to teach them for grade level content is having to go back with this cohort and review how to. Now, I know multiplication can be tough, especially especially when you get to the seven, eights and nines or the sevens and eights. I still have a hard time with seven, eight sometimes. So that's one thing. But how is it that we do not know how to multiply something as simple as like 10 times six? Or like 12 times 7, two digit by one digit numbers. Or even two digit by two digit. I'm like, that is third grade multiplication right there. How do you not know how to do that? Sorry, probably closer to 13 years ago. I finally learned the number, the hand trick with the nines. Uh, My daughter (laughs) trick with the nines. And I'm like, (laughs) I was mad as hell. And I'm like. I could have used it. I struggled with the sevens, eights, and nines. And it's just, I don't know why. I've always struggled with seven, eights, and nine. But the number thing, but my son, I was like, all right, what's, I was like, six times 11. We were uh, checking his homework. And when I was like, all right, look at your math. Six times 11. He's running through, skip counting his 11s, which 
was ridiculous to begin with. Dude, it's the easiest one other than zero and one. It's easier than tens. He's like, it's. I swear, it's how they're teaching them. I blame you guys, you math guys, on this one. And yes, I am going to blame y'all because you guys come up with tape diagrams and line charts and freaking place value and moving stuff. And no, I I hate y'all. <laughs> I I taught fourth grade math and. I swear, if it wasn't for the teacher book, I would be completely lost with these kids. Actually, I'm like, you think I actually use the new methods that they want us to use with these kids? Hell no. I'm giving them what I was taught, and it's so much easier for me. I'm like, mm-mm. We ain't doing exactly. this new stuff. I don't care what your fifth grade teacher did. I don't care what your fourth grade teacher did. I'm like, we're going old school with this one. I pulled out the standard algorithm. They were trying to do... You know, this, oh, we'll just make the box diagram. We're going to, you know, the, the freaking different box. And I'm like, you can make this box, and that's great. It takes so much longer. Just follow my steps. And about half the kids go, wow, that's a lot easier than all of this. But the problem is, uh, tests that they give these kids are based off these methods. It was for the fourth grade one here down in Florida had to utilize the method there so using this tape diagram fill in the in, you know the missing information on the steps and that was the answer so it's not like, hey how do you get to the answer and whatever process they were like what is missing on this tape diagram here and you're like uh, no not about how find what works for you those new methodologies are great for if the kid's struggling with this understanding of it i had a kid i gave I say it was a good six or seven digits times a, a five-digit number. I gave them their whole desk to write on. It was a giant dry erase board type. I said, like, "Go ape." I said, "Go ham." I said, "As much paper as you need. If you need the board, I said, first one to get gets into the treasure box." And I remember her, and I hopefully I see her because my fourth graders will become freshmen year after next, and that's slightly scary on me. Damn. But I hope to see her. Yeah, I know. It's making you feel old real quick. But she sat there and just worked step by step. And it took her a good five minutes. It's a seven-digit by a five-digit number. Granted, I think it was might have been a nine-digit by a seven-digit number. We did that fun exercise a lot just to stress their brain a little bit, which is never a bad thing. She sat there and just hammered it out. Everybody else was just mad. Like, we can't win against her. And I was like, guess what? What? You no longer do. Oh, I said, you'll still get a prize and you'll still get in because, but I'm going to give everybody else a chance. Get to check their work. Send her around. God, I hope she comes up. I hope she does because I won't see her for at least the another two years. But I hope I find out that she come, she's going to come through. She was probably my favorite fourth grader was out there first year yo i don't care what they say teachers don't have favorites bullshit we do listen there are students but there's also kids that you despise yeah i'm just like and if you don't have a student you like got irritated frustrated despised i'm just you're not in you're i'm like you're not to me you're not an actual teacher because i'm like we all have favorites i don't care what nobody says but the way I address it is, just, I don't have favorites, but I have students that make my job a whole hell of a lot easier. 
I'll tell them straight up. I was like, I have favorite periods. I said, I will tell you right now. I have a favorite period. I said, there's one period which stress, which is usually, it's my largest class, so it's a lot of different I swear they keep adding more and more people. It's, it's If I ever get class periods, it's in my third and my fifth. I'm like, could you guys not overload before lunch? And as they're winding, they're running out of fuel. Because those are both, I've got 31 in one and 32 in the other. So it's a lot of personalities. You just really just go, I don't hate y'all. But <laughs> you guys are really not loved right now. Oh my goodness, it is a doozy for sure. But I'm not going to complain about my new class sizes. You'll, if we were in the same room together, you'll probably throw things at me. <laughs> you can <laughs> still be bad. Yeah, we're not doing this on video, but uh, Mikey here can see that I'm actually identifying him as numero uno. Oh my goodness. You're sitting there with what, what, 12, 13 students? I think my, yeah, my largest class, I only have 17 students. <laughs> and my smallest class is seven. You listen to popular music? Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, U, that song really oh comes gosh. to mind right about right now. <laughs> but listen, Bro. I'm not oblivious because remember, this is the new site I'm at, but I know how packed classrooms can be. Again, this is because now I'm at a private school. It's a lot smaller, but I was in public for the last four years. So I know big class sizes and I'm talking about big middle school, big class sizes. So there's a whole added layer of discovering what being a preview best in teenager is oh and going God. through that. Those poor middle schoolers, man. I was just like the I'm like, you shouldn't be worried about who's talking to who's dating who. Your biggest worry is whether or not you're going to eat the sandwich at lunch is what I tell them. I'm like, that should be your biggest worry at being a 10, 11 year old is what sandwich are you going to eat for lunch? There, there were, oh, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. I was Five years after high school, you're not even going to remember half the people's names. Ten years beyond that, you are going to have a hard time remembering a single you went that was not in your direct friend group. I could tell I could barely tell you names of people I was an ROTC with. I was their commander. I had to know their names. And I can maybe give you five maybe five first and last names and a couple other like names or like just one either a first or a last. Couldn't tell you any of the popular kids in school. Couldn't tell you who was the football quarterback, who was the homecoming queen. All of that Shiza is gone. They're acting like it is the end of the world. Air crush of two weeks broke up with them. And so this is how bad I am. Like the professional in me is just we as teachers, we don't need to. It's a double-edged sword because I'm like, I don't care about all the drama. But at the same time, I'm like, I do care because I was like, who's dating who? Who said what? Ooh. But more importantly for me, too, I like it when kids tell me these things. I'm like, OK, oh, so they're dating. OK, they're going far across the room. I don't need them canoodling. Time to change chart, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was last year. There was actually a guy and a girl underneath the table. And what's the nicest way to put this? 
being crude. He was clicking the mouse, but he didn't have a laptop. And it wasn't working, so they needed to do it at a fast pace. <laughs> yeah. And in class was, was actually my mentor for when I came over. She's like, what the f- That kid's just recently in the hall, in one of the stairwells going at it. Full going at it. I like y'all nasty. Y'all, y'all, y'all need Jesus. Y'all need something. It's whatever you subscribe to, you need it. <laughs> y'all need Odin. All right. Y'all, y'all need to, y'all need to figure Buddha, Ugama, or uh, all of them. Whatever it is, you do, you need to find somebody because on that stairwell is dirty. There is no airflow in there. When I heard about that, I was like, nah. You hear about people, I'm like, why do you guys think that, why are they in such a rush to grow? I've heard some conversations in my high school class. These are juniors, uh, sophomores and juniors. These are conversations that adults shouldn't be having in public. Graph, I'm like, ladies, let's keep this in a conversation which is appropriate in school. Pretty much, if you don't want the principal to hear you say this, don't say it in my classroom, please. I'm like, and they're like, oh, my bad. And I'm like, they're I'm like, holy, as a parent, as a dad, as a man, as a teacher, there are so many of them. I'm just like, no, no, do not. I am so perplexed by this. And this is just a disclaimer. Listen, we're both adults here. Like, we know these types of conversations happen, but these are conversations that happen behind closed doors. And I'm just like. These are kids that are not even know the ramifications that the adult like an adult would know the ramifications of there's kids that not know how babies are made. I kid you not. There's and I hate to sit there and say this was uh, when I went to high school. Oh, shit. Sorry. You're good. What came over. But this is when I was in high school. She thought that as long as the boyfriend, you know, Exited the facility prior to completion. It was okay. They couldn't get pregnant. This is a high school senior. Believed that. Guaranteed what are they the si- much smarter? What have science, the biology teachers, science teachers? What is going on with these kids? We need a science teacher up in here. <laughs> yes, if it comes down to it, I think I, I actually do have one. She's a fellow TikToker. She would be. Perfect. I don't know if she does the whole podcast, but she is a hilarious. She's the one. If you ever watched my video where it's the three of us on the desk and names. Oh my gosh! Yes, she's the first one. (laughs) Hilarious teacher, amazing. She was actually uh, rookie of the year for us. I think she was rookie of the year. One of the rookie of the year finalists for the district, if not the rookie of the year for the district. But yeah. Phenomenal teacher, hilarious. I gotta, I'll talk to her and uh, see if she can, she wants to throw down on one of. Because that would be a great conversation, is just to talk about just curriculum in general, without even getting excessively politic, getting without into the politics of everything, and but just where we come across and how we the different approaches that we go out on dealing with things. 
because I'm history. I get to, I have the fun job covering some of the most atrocious things in history because that's what makes history. You know, we don't learn about all the good, the wonderful, shiny, happy stuff. We learn about the dirty, nasty, horrible pieces of it. T, in your math class, you've never had to put graphic, uh, graphic warning on your slideshow because you're about to show a lynching. Not like a video of a lynching, but the, the end result of a lynching. You know, and I have to, and I get to show those, but it's how you approach these things. I guarantee, what is it? Oh, it could have been down here in Florida that they banned, I think they banned like three textbooks down here for accusations that they are passing uh, CRT, that critical race theory. And I'm like, it's math. There's ones and zeros. It's not like the ones are racist. Fuck off. No. <laughs> but I'm like, how do you make a, a, a math textbook racist? I don't know how or push critical race theory. See, this is why I can't teach history because I will get in so much trouble only because I'm just like, how do I say this without demeaning history teachers? Because I love no, history and I love it. We're not going to get demeaned. Go ahead. Go nuts. <laughs> okay. My and maybe it's just in the state of California, but when I'm looking through these social studies and these history textbooks or well, I'll say social studies because middle school, we don't call it history quite yet. It's social studies because yeah, you're still doing uh, world geography and the study of. Society. Yeah. So in California, sixth grade is ancient civilizations. Seventh grade, they do medieval. And then eighth grade is when they get to U.S. history. So that's how it's broken down. Yeah, at least that's, that's, that should be police. That should be pre-colonial up to the Civil War time frame. It's also the communist, the communist uh, Republic of California, too. Mm, bag, as a Texan, I get a bag on. As a displaced Texan living in Florida, <laughs> I get to bag on California as much as I can. Oh, no, that's fine. But I don't take any hurt against it because I'm like, yeah, I live here. I love my state. I know, too. I'm like, but anyways, so I can't teach history because I'm like, especially like high school, you could probably get away with it. But and this is from a middle school social studies teacher, a friend of mine. And it's so interesting because. I like it when kids in general, they want to talk about certain issues that are going on in the world. And especially with history and social studies, I feel like there are so many opportunities to talk about current events because it could be related to what's being taught. It is. Yeah. But it I feel bad for T or the history and social studies teachers because they're depending on where they're at. There are certain things that they're not allowed to cover. I'm like. Why can't we talk about racism? Because there are kids who want to talk about like the state of what's going on. And I get that some of the topics might be a little political in nature, but these are current events that are happening. And as a social studies and history, you are looking at civilization's actions and then dissecting everything that happened. And so I and I remember this teacher friend of mine was like felt bad because they had to shut down a conversation because the kids wanted to talk about it started innocent enough but then it divulged and this is high school so this is like united states history where a lot of the kids like it got into a conversation about why do the, the textbooks like not go into like specific things like the gay rights movement or stonewall and stuff like that i'm like these are historical events and my teacher friend explained it as but these were more on a smaller scale and we're looking at the grander scale but then i thought 
then he was thinking about is actually no technically this is happening on a grander scale because it led up to everything that is currently going on but he really couldn't have that conversation because disclaimer he's not allowed to talk about those types of things with the kids and it sucks i'm like we want to have these conversations with these kids but there it sucks that we're limited to what they can so i will tattle on myself here everyone knows what happened so like we're past this point but like it had nothing to do with math but one of my students because i'm a psychology major that's what i majored in school for my undergrad so that's my jam so one of my students i forgot what the current event was going on but one of my students is like hey mr l i know this has nothing to do with math they're doing their classwork they're like but i had a quick question like we were talking about this in religion because I teach at a Catholic school. Religion is one of the courses that they take. And that's one I teach for my sixth grade. So they get into these debates all the time and have like seminars and stuff and talk about different issues. And these are eighth graders. So they were asking me, it's just what's the difference between like gender identity and like all that stuff? And I'm just like, oh, we're going there. So at first I was like, OK, how do I explain the? In eighth grader in simplest term the difference between gender and then and gen like gender sexual orientation versus like identity because those are two different things if you go into the psychology of it all but then i had to stop myself i'm like if i have this conversation is this going to open up a can of worms of some of the stuff it's like one of those topics i'm like not too sure if I should talk about it, but I'm like, fuck it. They asked the question. We're going to do it. So let me just word it as carefully it's as it's, you're not bringing it up. But a child, we should never kill education. Now, there's a time if the guy's like, what is, you know, this course? And I'm like, hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to go that far into this subject. But like I said, as a teacher, he should be able to encourage a love of learning. It means that they want to talk about a simple topic. Once you sit there and let them run with it, and I'm going to attempt to tailor it to the subject area or the, the matter that we are. If I'm talking about industrialization and somebody wants to bring up STDs, there's no way I can connect those two. But if we're not pressed for time and they've got, and that something's going on and somebody wants to talk about something, let them run with it and help facilitate the conversation. So you were talking about the duration movement, Stonewall in New York in the 60s. And that is actually one piece that I bring up and I add to. There's a small little will in the textbook. And that's what I hate that I do about these textbooks that lot of predominant non-mainstream, and I want to say mainstream, that's so those big paintbrush motions of history. A lot of C and minorities are in side columns in the textbook. I have a problem because they're there and not in the main thing. There's plenty of main history that went on here. Like I tied in one of the things that I did for the gay liberation because the social political movement in the U.S. And of course, that's mainly focused on the civil rights movement in the 60s. Dr. King, Malcolm X, teacher, the pre-existing stuff with Carmichael, 
and the changing of the peaceful movement. But I also talk about like the United the United Farm Workers with Cesar Chavez. I talk about the American Indian Movement and how that the Black Civil Rights Movement spurred everything to include the gay liberation movement of the 60s and how it pushed through that Stonewall. They were like, you know what? need to act out and I bring that up and that's one of my on my summer reading list this year is uh it's actually called Your History for Teenagers. It's pushed its its history that part because it's I have for uh, indigenous I've got one for for queer history. I've got another one it's got uh what's her oh, Robin something I cannot remember her last name but book White Fragility though I may not agree with everything that all of these said, and I might not agree with the author, but get it, because these kids are going to ask these questions. These are things are hot-button topics for them. That I usually let them, because I've got students that last year, and I'm not going to, I don't want to put my kid on, not to say put on blast, one student, she was ecstatic when we got to the point to Stonewall. And I could see it light up her face. Do you want? And I let her have the whole class period talk about it because that was our subject. That was our portion of the day was talking gay liberation movement. I let her run with it because she was knowledgeable. But it was that 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 love of learning that she was able to show. And I guarantee what she told these kids. I need to know about it because I need to know make sure she's giving factual information. But these are. Topics these kids love. These are things that are dear to them. We don't talk about them. What are we really doing? Are we really facilitating a love of learning? Is it our goal at the end? And see, like for me, it's and this is the only shortcoming. Like I like teaching math. I love doing it. I know math is the subject for weirdos, and I am okay with that. Heard. One of the more difficult things <laughs> for me is because it's like strictly mathematics and numbers, it's tough for me to incorporate like these kinds of social topics into the math. But I have it anyways, because I believe it's important for these students to have these conversations because this is the world that they're living in. And then also because of where my interests lie and the communities I'm involved in, too, I'm just like, as a side tangent, I think the funny thing is, too, is it's like when kids ask me questions that are not related to math and I'm able to answer them, I always find it funny that they are, are like their mind is blown. They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, for instance, one of my students during like the study hall, because I have a study hall period with some of them, they're working on their science stuff. And so he's like, Mr. Laguilla, I don't know if you're able to answer this question, but can you help me with this? And so they're going over like weather maps and climates and all that so i was just like okay what's the question read me the question looked at the map i'm like oh, okay it's this region and here's why and i explained it and i'm like there you go and the student just looked at me as you're not like how do you know everything you're, you're yeah how do you know all of this and i'm like i was a student once too but and i'm like and i don't mean to toot my own horn but i consider myself a pretty intelligent person otherwise i wouldn't be here which is such another can of worms. I was just like, that's a whole nother episode we could talk about. I'm like, listen, not ever to be a teacher. Oh, you get these kids involved. I could have written this kid up because he really put on one on one of his answers. He wrote, Eddie, 
the fucking big stick Roosevelt. But I will tell you right now, man, that kid could tell you about Teddy Roosevelt, why the big stick policy was there, and give you factual information about imperialism and how he handled it. You know what? I was like, dude, know your audience. Know that you cannot put that down in some locations. In my class, it's fine. I'm not going to be offended by it. But it's whatever hooks them. It's meeting them on their level. Interested in something, we need to have that availability to pause and let them run, let them sink their hooks into something and deep dive into it. Government, my first year of teaching high school, I had a group of kids that ran into the ground legalization of marijuana. They had to make us, they was they had to lobby. Had to act like lobbyists, and they had to sit there and like who they're targeting, and they had to come up with a media plan, and they had that gave there's a whole thing with it. They thought they were gonna shock me. This, I was like, no, dude, run with it, because they ran for the right words. It wasn't just hey, we're gonna get to talk about weed. They literally cared about legalization. I said wanted to uh, change the drinking age of alcohol. You're gonna tell me I can vote. I can drive a car, get into contract, join the military, go to war, die for my country. Tell me I cannot drink until I hit 21. That is a valid argument. Run with it. And they, they did the same thing. They, who was on the Ways and Means Committee, who was on uh, Ethics Committee, looking at trends on all of this, they found things that they were passionate about. And should I, people like, oh, you shouldn't have them. That's something that they're passionate about that is an issue that's for them. Can we encourage it? We meet these kids where, you know, where they find education, as long as we can try to catch, start tailoring it somewhat to, our, to the curriculum. That's why I love the social studies. I don't understand you guys with your numbers and letters and the math equations and finding numbers that don't exist and having answers that don't have numbers in them. I said, your math, you should have numbers somewhere. X equals Y squared plus 12B with a freaking cosine of zero negative pi RX squared over Yes. No, now, uh, I no. will say, I own up to the mathematic nerdiness to it, but <laughs> we don't claim, like we middle school math teachers, we don't claim the high school ones because the high school ones are even weirder than us with their cosines and their tangents. I'm like, I'm just teaching oh the basics of the weirdness here. They come into my class and they legit will sit there and start doing work for another class. And I'll look down and they're like, hey, Mr. Ward, uh, could you help me with this? And I'm like, nope, there's a reason I teach history. My stuff's black and white. My stuff happened in the past. I know exactly what happened. I don't have to come up with just random stuff to give numbers. No, I, I can figure out two minus this equals this. That is fine. You've got commas in there. Where does the hell does a comma go into a math equation? No, it doesn't. That's an English thing. I know. I love it. And I understand why people think it's weird, but I'm like, I love it. Otherwise, I wouldn't. But oh, my gosh, that I love teaching it. But there are so many things that frustrate me with it. Not even what I'm teaching. It's just that with these group of kids that I have, I know not everyone can read particularly well. Reading levels may fluctuate. And I know word problems are the bane of every math teacher's existence. Like, I know word problems can be tough. But I'm like, you guys, the information is right there. 
just read the question. <laughs> oh my God. That's, you know, how many times that I get that? You're talking about word problems, and that's something where we, we meet. Because I ask you a question, why was it called the Gilded Age? Yeah. You go to the textbook and see the paragraph that has that big bold word said Gilded Age. Look in there real quick. Find it. Look oh down. Goodness. Look down. Paper. See the thing in front of you. That one frustrates me. I'm just like, just. We're in May. And at. Like certain things I let go because I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going to cause full on problems with my students. But I'm like, you guys read the instructions. Like, it's <laughs> right there, what it's asking you to find. Don't ask me about it because I'm not going to answer it for you. Why? Why? I mean, why is it that to just look two extra seconds, just skim? The information you should be able to start pulling some type of information from this and nope oh it's tooth and nail it's dragging information out of them and then it's read the text why do i have to read okay Ooh. okay that hit that's the other biggest pet peeve i have <laughs> in general okay we're gonna go full rage mode here and this is what frustrates me the most listen I remember my time as a student. There were times where I complained and I got upset and like, that's the norm. But I swear to everything that is in me, Mike, I hate it when students complain about doing the work or doing anything in my class. They're like, I literally have my students ask me, Mr. L, can we like not do anything today? I'm like, I'm not getting paid if I listen, if I were to get paid to do nothing, like I would be a YouTuber. N no hit on the YouTubers, because I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. But just as an example, I'm like, I get paid I to teach you things. Wants to pay me to be a YouTuber. I'm, I, I'm not the same person. I will sit on my butt and be a YouTuber all day long if somebody wants to pay me. Listen, <laughs> if this listen, if this teaching gig doesn't work out, we should start a YouTube channel together. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Dumbasses talking about nothing. Shit, that's not a bad idea. Write that one down. <laughs> Writing it. Honestly, it wouldn't be any different from what's on YouTube now, but I'm just like, we'll make good content. Be dumbasses making good content. But it's, it's ridiculous. It really is that we, it is this hard. Like, they come into school. What do we do? Ugh, why do we have to do something today? You want to sit for 45 minutes and do nothing. I guess it's different for us because when we went to a class, you didn't do anything. Have a phone or something to keep your attention. You didn't do anything. You sat there. I don't know how many times I doodling an art craft. But now they just they'll sit there and play on their phones and take pictures of their foreheads on Snapchat. I don't know why. They do and it's it's tough that we we're competing with that. How many times do you, I'm going to do it at home? No, you're not. Quit lying to me. I'm like, no, you're not. Just do it. That's the other excuses that they gave me. Is this, oh, I'll do it at home. I'm like, bro, we still have 45 minutes of class. Get to work. Yeah, there's some days, and I'm a, I am perfectly fine with, you had a bad day. You had a long night. You're feeling like poo. You've got woman issues going on. I'm okay. I am perfectly fine 
with you taking a day every now and then, I'm out. I'm checking out today. I need to put my head down. Fine. But when it's every day, issues with it. It's it baffles me, and I'm just like, you guys, we haven't even started anything yet, and you're already complaining. I'm like, uh-uh, check that attitude at the door, because I'm not... See, I'm mean with them. I'm like, I ain't putting up with this today, so if you're going <laughs> to complain, get out. Go outside, go sit in the hallway, or better yet, go to the principal's office and explain to her why you don't feel like doing anything today. I'm like, I'm not putting up with it today. And yeah, that's the main one. That's it's what is beeping. I don't know why it keeps on chirping at me. I don't have that issue with a lot of students. Operant defiant is one of the things that I really do not deal with. Maybe it's because I'm 6'3", 230, bearded, and look like I can rip somebody's head off for fun. But I do not have a lot of issues with a lot of kids that a lot of other teachers. And I, it's it sucks that especially the demure females have to deal with that. I don't get a lot of them I'm like, all right, if you want to catch an attitude, you can catch hands. And I joke because I would never put hands onto a, on a student, but good that they think that I'm half joking. If you want to catch an attitude, you can catch hands. These hands are rated E for everyone. Yes. <laughs> they get the joke out of it and it brings them out of there and it's like, all right, you know what? Hey, I'm being a little goofy. And I usually try to sit there and relate it to some type of give them an out. I usually try not to back a student up against the wall. Uh, figuratively, when it comes to an engagement with them with one-on-one. I like to try to give them an out, usually one that allows them to say face. Because it's it, that's one thing that's so important to them, that they don't look pumped. Like, you know what? Let me find a way to give them to say face. And I was like, hey, do you need it? If you want, you know what? Do me a favor. How about we go step into the hall? I was like, you know what? I pass, go for a walk. He comes, you tell him to but bring my pass back before the bell. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that's exactly what they need. But there's sometimes that they just turn around. And I'm like, what? You need to sit down and quiet. We're not going to have this argument, okay? Because you can have it with me or admin. And they're like, nice thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm getting some type of notification. It keeps popping up on me. I don't know why. It's just like, no. And I think it's just on your end. Probably, yeah. It's me going crazy. I'm having. Did they smell burnt toast? Oh, great! I'm having a stroke. Thanks. No, don't we? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> be like everyone. This was. This Did is. They smell this, has been, yeah. this has been the end of the unprofessional development podcast. Thanks for joining us in the short time that we had it. It was a great run. <laughs> we're gonna have. We're gonna try to find a new co-host. The other guy is paralyzed on the second half of his, on the left side of his body. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That is horrible, but yeah. <laughs> but if you can't make um, the dark jokes, what are you going to do? Listen, after the day I had, this will help that. It's, oh my goodness. These, you know, I love these kids to death, but I'm just like, you guys, like, we have work to do, and I'm not in the mood to play any of these games today. My favorite is, one, this is just my favorite one, just because it allows me to be ghetto towards these kids, is my favorite <laughs> My favorite is when students like talk back or they mutter something under their breath and they didn't think I heard them or heard them say it and what they said with it, too. So like there I haven't had to do it that much this year, but the few times I have, I could get it with these kids. Like recently I had a sixth grader. They 
were being obnoxious, they were being disruptive and were taught how to handle those certain situations, like work your way, be like, okay, you know what? We can't be doing this. You need to have a seat or you need to stop talking, please. You're being disruptive and you're interrupting while we're trying to take notes. And then it happens again. I'm like, get more firm. I'm like, okay, second warning. I'm not going to tell you again. If you cannot be quiet during notes, then you're going to have to stay after class and we're going to have a conversation. And if it keeps happening, we're going to have a conversation after school with your mom, because I don't even go through all the steps. I just go straight with some of my students that I know very well. It's like, I could talk to your mama. She's on my speed dial right now. And I will call her if you are not okay. <laughs> so then the student just muttered something and I heard them say it. And so I stopped the class. I'm like, hang on, everyone. We're going to stop real quick. And so I stand up by my desk because I sit at a student desk when we're taking notes. I'm like with my students. I'm like in the back of the room with my tech and stuff like that, doing notes for my iPad onto the projector. I'm like, hang on, everyone. So I stand up by my desk and I look the student in the eye. I'm like, I'm going to give you one chance and you can tell me what you said. But if you lie to me, we're going to have problems because I know what you said, but I'm going to let you tell it to the rest of the class. Do you want to repeat what you just said to everyone and what you said about me? Student didn't say anything. I'm like, OK, so you had the audacity to say something. But now that I'm confronting you about it, you're going to not say anything. OK, I'm like, see right there. That's punk behavior. But if that's how you want to be treated, I could treat you like a punk. But we're not going to do that. So if you say anything else for the rest of this period, forget calling your mom, forget talking to the principal. You're going to have to stay with me and you're going to face my consequences and my wrath. I was like, don't ever let me hear you say anything underneath your breath for the rest of the period. Do I make myself clear? And all the kids were just staring at me and this sixth grader gets all wide eyed. They're like, no, I promise. I'm like, good. Then I go back to notes and then I go like reset. I'm like, all right, let's get back into it. Just like it never happened. And they're just like, OK, did he snap today? And here's the thing. I hate doing that because I my the way my personality is built, I tend to be a very nice and teddy bear kind of personality with my kids. I never want to be the mean one, but I am also 100 percent Latino and I can be very ghetto sometimes. So sometimes <laughs> I flip the switch. I'm like, oh, OK, you want to take advantage of the nice guy? Let me get the mean guy out real quick. And they're like. Oh my gosh, what happened? I'm like, that's right. Mess with me and see what happens. <laughs> that's what I, I love is, especially the first uh, the first part of the year, is I get, you know, we get they don't know you fully yet, and they'll try stuff with you, and you get to hear, especially my ELLs, uh, my Spanish speaking ones. Some of them, most of them, I'll say, but I've got a couple of them that they think that they can talk under their breaths. And start saying certain things. Her words like maricon. And I'm like, they just, hey, you know those words. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I said, I might look. And I, and I was like, I'm German. But don't forget, I grew up in El Paso, Texas. So I know all those bad words that you're saying. They're like, oh. And I was like, mm-hmm. I said, don't try me. Just because I'm a teacher does not mean I do not know how to hurt feelings. Yeah, that's always the funny part, especially like. I really when think they that we were just assembled one day and hey, you're a teacher now. I feel like that's been the main through line for this whole entire conversation. It's just that students are surprised with all this stuff. I'm like, 
you do realize that we're human beings. I don't remember coming from the space. (laughs) We were not just assembled in the teacher factory. It's like, what did you do? Did you ever have a real job? We got three weeks left of school, and you're going to ask me if I've ever had a real job outside of teaching? That part always gets me. I'm like... I was like, do you not see all this military stuff up here? The stuff we've talked about in this class? The stuff I mentioned? But, like, a real job. And I'm like, so the military's not a real job? No, I just mean, like, a a real job. And I was like, you mean a non-military job before I joined the military? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, dude, you need to make sure your words are a little clearer next time. The guy who did Arby's in high school, they're like, what? They had that back then? I'm like, y'all shut up. Oh, I'm not that old. I feel like that's for me as a teacher. That's the worst one. Granted that I'm still in my 20s, but even now I'm feeling the weight of it. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're they had it back then. I'm like, that was only like five years ago. Stop it. You're in your 20s. I've got boots older than you. I literally have a boots. I have boots that were born in 19 that were I purchased in 1997. But I'm feeling it, Mike, like I'm feeling it because I I would be too. Listen, I'm getting close to the decline of what most people in adulthood call the declining years. I will be 29 this at the time of this recording. I will be 29 this Friday. (laughs) So I'm almost at 30 and I'm just like, I'm starting to feel it because now I'm like saying things that I never thought I would say. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting my day. Exactly. Back in my day. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) So you say you're about to be 29. So. Next Thursday, my daughter has her pink ceremony. She will be, she's currently 23, will be 24 this year. She will be graduating as a fully certified teacher in the state of Florida this Thursday. Let's go. She has a job to be a kindergarten teacher in Gainesville, so she got the school she wanted the grade level she wanted. She is going to be an amazing teacher. I cannot dote on her enough how amazing she is going to be. You say you're 29. I'm like, my daughter's 23. I'm I'm like, God, youngin. What? You're like, what do you talk about? You're only in your 30s. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go with, I think I'm 42. (laughs) I was born in 79. So help me do the math here there, geek boy. I mean, I would, but my brain is too fried. I was like, yeah, I know it's the way you got to do numbers. I think that makes me 43 this year. Yeah, oh, I'm very aware. My body feels it every day. They're like, oh, how hard is the teacher's life? Is it? It's not that it's not the four years I've been teaching. It's the first years I was in the military with 10 years in the I have 10 deployments under my belt. They like to put me into the sandbox too many dang times. Snack. I sound like breakfast cereal when I stand up. Snap, crackle, and pop. Rice Krispies. Exactly. Those are my knees. That's a snap, crackle, pop. Oh, crap, my knees. Oh. When you have to sneeze and you got, oh, let me make sure I didn't pull anything. See, age is nothing but a number, but like physically, that's <laughs> the one thing I am not ready for. I'm like, no. That's why. It, all in my 20s, people are like, dang, I didn't think it was going to hurt this much. I was like, what do you think I was doing with my 20s? I was making sure that I had enough milk. I was doing my stretches. I was taking care of everything. I have not yet in my entire adult life or even in my entire life period broken or fractured everything because I'm that careful. I'm like, I'm not trying to. Some wood. Yeah. 
I'm not trying to feel it when I get older. So even walking up the stairs, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like looking at these as you're going to be my mortal enemy in a couple years. You talk about drinking enough milk. Wait till the fact is when your body goes, ah, you don't need, you can't handle milk anymore. Dairy affects you differently. It is the dumbest thing possible if you're like, man, I used to be able to, you know, two sleeves of Oreos and a giant glass of milk and I was good. Half a glass of milk and your body's going, you don't need this much milk. Time to go. Just wait. Oh, you want cheese? Yeah, I don't think so, Sparky. It's ridiculous what your body turns around and tells you later in life. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, this is all stuff you got to get. You, you're gonna. You've got still another ten years to get used to. Hit that big three zero, which y'all couldn't see is because I've got Mikey on camera right here, and I can see the look on his face when it kind of just hit home when he said when I said three zero. It is. He just got the big. He it's. He's very aware of it, but it's like eventually gonna sink in on him that he's gonna turn around and be like, no, but. It is what it is, and I'm excited, but yeah. Eh. Oh my goodness, that... On that little depressive note, <laughs> it's a realist note, but I think oh, yeah. we're going to call it for this episode. Well, these yeah, whatever yeah, couple hours. of episodes we got. We got... We've been talking for... We've been gabbing for the last two hours, so this is good. So, I think this is a good spot to end. So, let me get the bots yeah. out of here. <laughs> oh. These are good stuff, it is. It, it, it's, it's very therapeutic. <laughs>